You are listening to Church Unlimited Students, a ministry of Church Unlimited. If God is speaking to you through this podcast, we encourage you to share this resource with your friends. And make sure to connect with us on social media by following at Students. Thank you for listening to Church Unlimited Students. All right, here we go. All right, so you may have seen um, some, like, crazy videos of people, like, caught on camera doing something. Like, we showed some at the beginning. You may have seen some online or maybe something. Like, there's even TV shows where people, like, hide cameras, and then they'll be, like, busted on camera, and they'll watch it with their face, and they're like, it wasn't me! And you're like, moron, that's you. No, it wasn't! And they're like, how can you actually say, like, this wasn't you? Like, people hide the most obvious things in the world, and so it's pretty incredible. So what we're talking about with Caught on Camera is we're going to be talking about right now is your private life. Like, what's going on in your private life? If we were to put a, a camera in your room or a camera on your phone or a camera on your relationship or something like that, like, what would it look like? What would we see? I don't want to know what we'd see, but at the same time, we would encourage you to live in a way that reflects Christ in your private life. So the first thing we're going to kind of challenge you with is to raise your bar in your private life. Has anybody ever heard the story of Shamu? Ever heard of Shamu? Some of y'all, who is Shamu? Did I hear somebody say Cinderella? I swear I heard that. Did somebody say Cinderella? Whale and SeaWorld at the same time. Doesn't sound like Cinderella. But anyway, all right. So somebody said whale at SeaWorld. That's exactly where I got a couple pictures of Shamu. She's a good friend of mine. We used to date back in the day. She's nice. She could kiss her. Um, but anyway, that's Shamu. Like, it's pretty incredible what they trained a killer whale to do. And so, like, if you ever go to SeaWorld, this is in Orlando, I believe, um, and I don't even think the real Shamu is even alive anymore, but most people have heard the story of Shamu. But it's cr- pretty incredible because it's a killer whale, and they've trained her to jump out of the water and jump over, like, a target or a destination. And so you're like, how in the world, at least I think like this, how in the world would you train a killer whale to do that? Like, that's incredible that a human has a capability of do that. So let me kind of explain the background of how they trained Shamu. And I'm calling it a her. I really don't know if it's a her or he. Does anybody know? Well, it's a girl. How are you making that up? Kind of. We'll call it a girl. I like it. It had a baby? I think everybody's just making it up, kind of like I'm making it up. We'll call it a shim. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so here's what they did. It's really not funny. Sorry. Um, so here's what they did with Shamu. Everybody listen. It's pretty incredible how they did this. So they started with the rope on the bottom of the pool, like literally on the bottom of the pool. And every time Shamu swam over the rope, they fed Shamu food. Like, way to go, pat it on the back. I mean, I don't know what you do. You, you pet its back or something, or you're like, you're like, don't kill me, all that kind of stuff. And so they, so they gave it food. And then the more and more uh, it, it went over the rope, they raised the, the rope a little bit more. And Shamu began to figure it out. Then they raised it out of the water. She started to jump over the water. And then, oh, more and more, and so higher and higher. And she ended up getting like, I mean, look how high she is out of the water. It's incredible that a killer whale can actually do that. But what happened is she began to receive training underneath the surface. And so here's what we want to challenge you guys with tonight. We're starting out exactly with our topic, what we're talking about the entire night, right now from the forefronts in the beginning, out the gates, of telling you of how you can train yourself under the surface when nobody's looking so that when you are in the public, your life will reflect because the only way to jump in public, it has to start under the surface. And so we want to challenge you to raise the bar in private. There's plenty of things we can talk about, but one character that constantly comes to mind is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I've got like about three that I could talk about all day, every day about, and one of them is Daniel. 
Daniel was a flipping stud. Like the things that he accomplished with his life were incredible. I love the story of Daniel. So he's a prophet and an administrator for the king. That's Daniel. Everybody say Daniel. Say Daniel. So Daniel was an administrator and a prophet for the king. He was an uh, uh, administrator and a prophet, um, an administrator for the king. And there were some men that were jealous of him. So whenever you're doing good, whenever you're like getting elevated in your life, there's always haters. You know the people that throw shade? You know what I'm talking about? There's always people like that. You get good at sports and school or whatever it is. There's always somebody that's throwing shade in some way. And I can understand with that. I can relate to that. Can I get everybody's eyes and ears up here, please? We've got a lot of first-time visitors here tonight. Man, so glad you guys are here. But one of the expectations we have of you is that like over the next 15, 20 minutes, if you just give me a, a few minutes of attention so that the people around you can pay attention and God can speak to your heart as well if he wants. So let's pray real quick. Father God, I just pray that you give us the strength and the ability just to pay attention for a few minutes. Lord, help us just to listen to what you might wanna say in our hearts. And Lord, we might have walked in this room not caring a lick about what's going on, but Lord, I pray that you still continue to speak to us, irk our hearts, drive our hearts, just jerk our hearts in the right direction so that we can begin to hear from you. And Lord, as we study Daniel, that we can just learn something about what you want us to hear. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. So Daniel 6, four through five, if you have your Bible, you can flip there. We'll be going around in Daniel four a lot. Daniel 6, four through five says this, this is verse four specifically. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. So you got these other dudes that are like, hey man, we're sick of Daniel. He's always getting promoted. The king loves him. He's like the teacher's pet. He always gets whatever he wants and I don't like this anymore. And so they're like whiny. And so they're like, well, let's figure out something that he does wrong in his government affairs, in his job, basically. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna find that out or we're gonna tattletale on him. We're gonna tell on him and he'll get fired and he'll get kicked out. The king might even kill him and then we can take his job. And so they're like hating to the 10th degree. And so then listen to what happens. This is just crazy. So four through five, I read the first verse. Administrative satraps tried to find grounds against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. Listen to this. They found no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Verse five, finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has to do with the law of his God. Like, what in the world is going on? Like, they try to find grounds against him, and they can't find anything wrong with him. Like, listen, I'm telling you right now, you put a camera on my life every moment of the day, you're gonna find something wrong with me. Like, I get... She was like, mm-hmm, that's just jacked up. Would you please leave? No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, and, and I would bet, I mean, I might be wrong. Some of you, maybe y'all are better Christians than I am. But if we did the same with you, if you're caught on camera, like you would, we would find stuff wrong with your life. Same way with me. I love this. I'd like to say that I'm perfect and I strive to be perfect as Matthew 5:48 says, not because I want to be a perfect Christian or anything, but I just want to be like my heavenly father. I just really do. But I make mistakes. A lot of mistakes, unfortunately. And so they're peeking his, in his window. They're looking in his files. They're checking out his text messages and his tweets and looking at all his pictures and all that kind of stuff online. And they're like, dang, we can't find anything wrong with this cat. Like we're trying over and over and over and we can't find anything wrong with him. So people came after Daniel and the only thing they could do to, to accuse him of was him having spending time with the Lord. And so what happens is they start to peek in his window and see what he does in private. 
So the first point of tonight, we've got three points, real simple points we're gonna talk about tonight is this. First point is this. Your public walk with God will always reflect your private walk with God. Your public walk with God will always reflect your private walk with God because worship takes place not only when the eyes are on you like in the crowd right here and everybody's standing around, maybe they got their arms up, maybe they're standing with their arms crossed and they're just kind of looking around the room. The, the eyes are not only on you at that point, but also when no one's looking at because it says in Ephesians 6, 6, it says, obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. So when you're doing life, when you're studying for school, when you're in practice, when you're with your parents, when you're not doing something and nobody's looking, like don't do it for the approval of others, but when you do it for the Lord, then everything's a game changer. Like when you're, when you're tweeting and you're, and you're snapping and all that kind of stuff and you're just kind of doing whatever you do at any moment of the day, if you're doing it for the people around you, guess what, your motives are gonna be wrong and you're gonna do it for the wrong reason. But when you do it for Jesus, everything changes. When you are serving Christ and not your parents, your brothers, sisters, teachers, principals, it's a lot easier because you aren't serving them, you are doing the will of God for wherever the Lord has placed you. So when you're sitting under your parents, your teachers, your youth pastors, whoever authority, you're not sitting under their authority. That authority has been placed by God, so you're sitting under the authority of God. Daniel was inspected. He was caught on camera and they found nothing wrong with this dude. Like absolutely nothing. I wish the same could be said about us, but the truth is it's really not gonna be the case because this is what happens. So these dudes, the administrators and satraps, they climb up in his window like what kind of peeping Tom creepy dude is this? If somebody does that, I'm gonna be like, what? Kick them off the window, they fall, break their face, be like, told you so. Like I, I don't even know what told you so means. But at the same time, like you're not peeping in my window, we are fighting, like what is wrong with you? I will pull out a gun and shoot you. And so Daniel literally sees them, I don't know if he sees them peeping in the window, but at the same time, what they find him doing is they find him praying. Like even when nobody was looking, he's still honoring God. Like it's pretty incredible. There's this show called Restaurant Stakeout. I got a picture of this. Anybody ever seen that show? It's an older show, probably a few years old. Anybody ever seen that? A few of y'all have. It was a really good show. I loved it. So what it what was, this dude like right there, he's got like a mean face and stuff. He would go into these restaurants. He would place like 15 to 20 cameras all over the restaurant. And the owner would be like, hey man, listen, I know you're coming, man. I appreciate that. We've got a lot of issues with theft going on and people stealing food or maybe people making fun of uh, employees and all that. Man, we, we don't know what to do. And they're like, we got you. So they place cameras everywhere. And then what happens is they find out who's the one that's doing wrong. They show the video of it. So you're watching on TV. You're like, holy cow, like they're trying to get away with that stuff. And they're on camera right now. And then they bring them in a room and there's like 20 TVs. And they're like, you're busted. He's like, what did I do? And he's like, you did this. No, I didn't. And they're like, all right, it's on camera. And he's like, that wasn't me. And they're like, it was five minutes ago. You're wearing the same outfit and that's your face. No, it's not. And you're like, are you really serious right now? He's like, you're like crazy. And they're dropping all kinds of bombs. They should be dropping and walks out the door. And he's like, how does somebody actually believe that wasn't him? Like he's lying to his own face. Like it doesn't make any sense at all. But here's the truth of the matter. A lot of time we don't realize that the camera is on us, but it really is. I remember one time I was in college and, and I walked into the library. It was, it, the library at your school, do they have computers all over the place? Okay, they have computers. So there was like a computer kind of lab area, but it was out in the open. There wasn't a closed off room or glass walls or anything like that. But the University of Louisville, I walk into the library. I'm like, oh, I got to study for this paper. So I, the, the, TV, the TV screen, the computer screen is off. Like it's blacked out. You know, you just move the mouse or press the button. It kind of opens up. Well, I press the button 
and, and I'm in a public place. I feel like I maybe have told this story before. I'm in a public place. All kinds of people are around, and everybody's, like, walking into the computer lab area, and, and they're, like, back to me so they can see what I'm looking on the screen, and pornography pops up on the screen. And I'm like, holy, what? And I'm like, ah, ah, and I'm making noises. Like, I, I don't know what I was doing. I'm just so scared. So I start Xing out the screen, and more pops up. And I'm like, X, 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 and more pops up. And then I missed the X, and I clicked on one of the images, and more pops up. Like, ah! And I literally stood up in front of, I don't even know if anybody saw me, but I wanted to make sure nobody saw me. I'm like, it wasn't me. I promise you, I'm not looking at the naked ladies on the screen right now. Like, I did not click on that porn. Like, those boobies are not me, okay? I'm sorry. I'm out of here. And I walked off, and everybody's looking at me like, what's wrong with that guy? And they're looking on the screen, and there's all kinds of inappropriate images on the screen, and I'm like, I I'm going to be talked about as the guy looking at porn in public. Like, I was so humiliated, even though I really absolutely did nothing wrong. But then the question is, like, what kind of sick freak would actually look at the, and we won't go there. But, like, it's just crazy to think about. But here's the thing. What if, and I don't want to know what we'd find. What if the camera was on you in your room when nobody else is around? What would be seen? Nobody needs to be talking. Anybody next to him saying you would be doing, we don't need to be doing that. What would be seen? If there was a constant recording of your snaps, because they are recorded, whether you can be deleted in three to 10, five seconds or not, they are recorded and they're saved online. Whether they're deleted or not, supposedly, what would be seen? The text messages that you send, the conversations that you have, the things that you say about other people, what would be seen if you were caught on camera all by yourself when nobody else was looking? Like, what would happen? A lot of us would say, no, no, I wasn't looking on the, at that in the internet. It was my two-year-old brother. We might say something like, no, I, I did not send that text. I just watched it and started pressing buttons and it formulated words, and I, I didn't do that. Like, it's called text hacking. It's the new thing. Um, we might say something like, no, I didn't do that with that girl. She did that with me, and I tried to run. Like, I, I don't know what we're going to say, but we will make any excuse in the book to try to justify the things that we do wrong. And the reason that I can say you're probably doing it is because I did it as well when I was in school, when I was a teenager, when I was a college student. Like, I made excuses for everything, and I was caught on camera. I couldn't lie. I was watching another show called Hotel Impossible. I used to love watching the show. I just love watching these reality shows where they bust somebody. And the maid had been seen on video not changing the sheets in the hotel room. Like, that's just nasty. Like, that's like my ultimate nightmare. Whenever we get in the hotel, we, we pull the covers down. And we're like, all right, you see anything in the sheet? And you're like, no, I don't think so. You're like, what's that? It's like, it's a pillow. Oh, sorry. Um, and you like look and make sure that everything's clean. You're like looking underneath the bed. And one time I was sitting there and I found like fingernail clippings. Yeah, like, oh, I didn't clip my nails a few minutes ago. I'm out. We got to get another hotel room. Like, it's just, it's just nasty, the things that you can find. Well, she was caught on camera. And then literally she was like, I did change them. I did. And you're like, no, they're not changed. Like, we got it on video. And she's still saying, I didn't do it. Here's something Daniel understood. He was not alone. No matter where he was, no matter what he was doing, he was not alone. So the second point for tonight is really simple. You are never alone. No matter where you're sitting, no matter where you're standing, you're lying before a creator who has seen the film. 
Can, can you imagine watching some of the things we watch if Jesus was sitting right next to us? Like some of the movies that we watch, or maybe some of the music we listen to, like if Jesus was literally in the flesh wearing a big cool robe with a big beautiful beard and all that kind of stuff, like the pictures we see of the, the white dude and, and all the pictures of like Jesus didn't look anything like that, but we'll imagine for a second that he did. And he's sitting there, would we turn on the same movies and the same things that we're looking on the internet, would we do that if he was sitting there with us? A lot of us are probably sitting there saying, no, probably not, and, and I can echo the exact same things at many times. Some of y'all have heard the story about my friend in Utah when I went and snowboarded and I opened the door to the apartment and I looked through the apartment and this dude was dancing in his skivvies um, in the mirror, and this is underwear, it says whitey tighties. He was dancing in the mirror, like breaking it down, like hip gyrations and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? It's like a train wreck, you can't stop watching. And you're like, my eyes can't move. Like this is the most disgusting thing in the world, I can't stop watching. And then he realized that he was being watched, like kind of creepy, I was the watcher. Um, but, but at the same time, he realized he was being watched when he thought nobody else was looking. He didn't realize he was not alone because the truth is, you are never alone. You want a good definition of integrity? It's who you are when nobody's looking. It's who you are when nobody is looking. On the concept of being alone, let me ask you this question. If no one knows, does it really matter? If no one knows, does it seriously matter? Because like if, if we do something and nobody finds out about it, does it matter whatsoever that anyone finds out? What I've got here is I got a taco from Taco Bell. Yummy. How many of y'all like Taco Bell? I ate there today. It was so good, so healthy. I felt just delicious after. Like, I felt like I could eat 10 more. Not really. I feel like I'm going to die every time. All right, but here's the thing. Here's a Dorito taco from Taco Bell. You see that? Ooh. What is Are you a Christian? It's crazy. How can you even say that? The Baja Blast. Mmm, so good. All right, so if it doesn't matter that anybody's looking, like, does anybody want this? Anybody want this right now? A lot of y'all would. I'm not going to give it to anybody because... What I did when nobody was looking is, I spit in it, I licked it, and I wiped my daughter's butt with it. So let me ask you, no, I'm not being serious, but if it didn't matter, then why doesn't it matter that what happened, what, what's the question I was asking? If, if it doesn't matter, then why does it really matter if no one knows? Because if you didn't know, would it matter? Yeah, because you're eating poop. Like, that's just gross. Nobody wants to eat poop. Like, that's nasty. So, so here's the thing. Most of you publicly would say, yes, it matters that, yes, it really matters that, um, that no one knows. I mean, all that kind of stuff. It matters, but privately, you would model no, and maybe me the same way. And so, so we got to ask yourself, if no one knows, does it really matter? And, and obviously, I would say yes, because we look at this and we're like, it's the kind of thing, like if you heard that's true and you know it's true, you're like, I'm absolutely not giving, eating this, there's no way, I'll give it to my little sister, but there's no way I'm eating it, that's disgusting. You will not be prepared for what God has for you in the public if you don't prepare yourself in the private. Because here's the thing, God really has a plan for you in your school, on your team, in the locker room, in the classroom, all over the place. You will not be prepared. You know, students often tell me, they say, Pastor Nate, listen, I'm struggling. I really am. Like, I'm just not happy. I'm frustrated. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I can't stop doing this with my girlfriend. I can't stop looking at this junk on my phone, my attitude, my relationship with my parents, the people I'm around, the parties I go to, the Snapchats, the texts. And so let me ask you this. How's your private life when nobody's looking? 
maybe you're sick and tired of being sick and tired because you continuously live in the same lifestyle that you've been living for a very long time. And if you aren't honoring Christ and growing with him privately, you will struggle publicly. Last point we're gonna talk about when we close in a couple minutes. Daniel didn't allow his circumstances to control his worship life. Daniel didn't allow his circumstances to control his worship life. How many of y'all love camp? How many of y'all have been to camp? Most of y'all have been to camp. It's probably one of the best weeks of the year. We'll be start promoting for camp at the end of January. You gotta sign up. It's gonna be the best year ever. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. We're probably doing two weeks, middle school camp one week and high school camp the next week. We're really excited about that. It's gonna be an amazing time at camp. But listen, a lot of y'all went to camp, and it's pretty incredible. Listen, everybody, listen up. On the last day, I heard so many stories of students who called home and led a family member to Christ. I heard of one middle school girl, everybody listen up, please. I heard of one middle school girl, you may even be in the room, they called home and led their grandmother to Christ. Like they're, they're older, closer to the grave than we are, let's just be honest. Grandmother to Christ who's been in their life for a very long time, and they led their grandmother to Christ. Or two, of three, two or three of you that led a friend or another family member to Christ. One young man let, called home and led his mom to Christ. Like it was incredible what happened and what was taking place. It was amazing, but, but here's the truth. How many of you have personally led someone to Christ since then? Are your circumstances, circumstances directing the way you walk with Jesus? Yeah. Obviously they are, because when we're at camp, when we're coming home from camp, we're fired up, we're ready to go, but then everything changes. You know, everybody's getting after Daniel. They'd observed his life, but the only thing they could convict him of was a personal time with God. That's integrity. So a couple points about David's life. Listen, Daniel 16, it says this. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. The decree was this. Worship the king and the king alone. You can't worship anybody else. And he said this, three times a day he got down on his knees, he prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. Nothing changed. Everything in his life changed, meaning if you do this, you're gonna die. You're gonna be thrown in a lion's den. That's what happens after. You'll be thrown in a lion's den if you're caught worshiping anything but the king. So nothing changes in his life. He continues to worship God. But a lot of us in our circumstances in our life, everything changes. Everyone that I want to be like has an active, private relationship with Christ. You know, I got some incredible mentors in my life. One of his name's Jimmy. I got a friend named Dustin. He's actually younger than me. Consider him almost a mentor. He's just a stud when it comes to a relationship with Christ. Like these guys, when I talk to him, I'm like, hey man, what are you studying in the Word? Or like, oh man, I studied this, this, and this, and I'm learning this, and I'm like, I'm just worthless when it comes to my relationship with Christ. Like I just read a few verses and just learned a couple things. Man, I want you to find somebody in your life that you can look up to that loves Jesus. Because if, if you know Jesus, there should be a desire. Listen, if you know Jesus, there should be a desire to worship Jesus when no one's looking. It's honestly easy to do at camp. It's fairly easy to do it here. Like everybody's doing it, it's just fun. We're jumping, arms in the air, like arms in front of you, like full surrender and all that kind of stuff. Eyes closed, you're focused. It's fairly easy to do that. But when nobody's looking at it and you're at home and you're like, man, I could just watch Netflix. I could play video games. I could snap for a few minutes. Like I gotta find out what's going on in the feed, like whatever he's up to. What do we look like when no one's looking? Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Let me just ask you a simple question. If you would admit that you have some things about your private life that you would not be proud of if caught on camera, 
Let me say that again. If you would admit that you have some things in your private life that you would not be proud of if caught on camera, then I just ask you to raise your hand. Would you just raise your hand? Just be honest with me. I'm not gonna memorize who you are or anything. There's a lot of you, probably half the room, more going up, probably three-fourths of the room. It's almost all of y'all. All right, keep your hand down. You can go and put your hand down. Listen, there's a lot of us that are struggling with the exact same thing. I get it. It's tough. It's hard to say that no to the things that we want to say yes to. Romans 7 in Scripture talks a lot about that. Paul says, why do I do the things that I don't want to do? But listen, God wants to do something unique and exciting in your life, at school, in the locker room, on your team, just like I said a few minutes ago. But the only time that we can really prepare ourselves to be ready to do the things that he wants to do in public is when we prepare ourselves beneath the surface. Because God is wanting to do something, but we've gotta be ready to receive what he wants to do. And so let me just ask you this, and we'll make it really simple. If, if, you, if you believe, man, I'm, I'm just not sure I have a relationship with Christ. If you just sit there and you're just like, man, I just, I mean, I, I tried, I've tried to stop these things for years, but I can't. And I just, honestly, I don't know if I have a relationship with Christ. If that's you, would you just show me by raising your hand? You're like, man, I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus. A couple of y'all with your hands raised, a couple more ladies, appreciate that. A couple of y'all in the back being real, I appreciate that, that's awesome. I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna do this a little bit different. You can put your hand down right now. If you had your hand raised, I want you to, this can be a little more challenging, but I feel like a couple of y'all need to be challenged in this. If you raised your hand and said, honestly, I just, I don't know if I have a relationship with Christ, we're gonna split up for life groups here in a few minutes. I just want you to go to that leader and kind of pull them aside and say, hey, can we talk after? I'm gonna give you the words of what to say. Can we talk after? Because I'm not sure I have a relationship with Christ. Because we wanna help you take the next step in your relationship toward God. Because I know there's a couple of y'all that walked in this room tonight and you say, hey, I'm atheist. Man, we're so glad you're here. We don't care what you believe in. We don't care what you did last night. We're just glad you're here. But at the same time, we want you to take one step closer toward a relationship with God, whatever step that is. Let me pray for you guys. Father God, we thank you so much for these students in this room. We thank you so much for these life groups that we're getting ready to sit in. And I just pray that you just kind of come alive in these groups. Let us be encouraged. Let us be challenged. Let us be broken. Let us be real. And Lord, if there's any of us in the room that just really don't or not for sure that we have a relationship with God, they will pull that leader aside and just say, hey, man, hey, ma'am, I, I just... I don't know that I have a relationship with God and I really want to. And so Lord, I just ask you in the name of Jesus Christ that you'll give us the boldness to be able to do that. And everybody else that had their hand raised a minute ago that says, listen, I've got something in my life that I'm not proud of. There's got something in my life that I need to get rid of. And I'm not, I'm not wanting to be caught on camera and I'd just rather keep this private and all alone and speed my secret life. But if there's the ones that raise their hands, Lord, I pray that you encourage their heart and help them to fight like they've never fought before. Help them to get some accountability, to give them the strength to get through this so that they can live right before a holy God. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.